This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. Uh, definitely go check out reallifepharmacology.com. Uh, get your free uh, 30-plus page PDF on the top 200 drugs. Uh, great little study guide, um, just refresher for clinical practice pearls, um, as well as uh, I put on there things that commonly come up on uh, board exams. So really wanted to, to provide that resource for you guys, especially those of you that might be uh, doing a little brushing up, a little studying uh, on pharmacology. So uh, go subscribe. Uh, we'll get you updates as well when we've got new podcasts and content available as well. So again, reallifepharmacology.com. All right, so let's get into the drug of the day today. And we are going to talk about pelvizumab. Uh, brand name of this medication is Synergis. And this medication is really specific to pediatrics. Um, it's not a topic I, I talk about a ton because there's uh, so much uh, complicated uh, things that, that happen in the adult and uh, geriatric space. Um, but I did have a request to, to take a peek at this medication and uh, run down some, some details. So uh, knowing that, you know, it's not typically used in adults and geriatrics, what, what do we use this for? So uh, this medication is actually used in the prevention of respiratory syncytial virus. Okay, and that's more commonly, I think, talked about or known as RSV because it's easier to say as well. Um, RSV is a uh, respiratory infection, obviously respiratory syncytial virus um, caused by a virus, obviously. And most uh, older age adult patients have zero issues with RSV. And really symptoms are like the common cold. But younger patients, particularly under the age of one or two, can potentially struggle with RSV to a much greater extent, to the extent that they have uh, difficulty with breathing and, and things of, of that nature. And particularly patients who have really uh, troublesome symptoms with RSV are those that have had uh, lung disorders and, you know, lung heart development issues. And those patients are often premature or prematurely born. So with that, this, this medication is going to be used in patients that are under the age of two, uh, preemies or premature babies, and 
often they'll have long um, immunocompromised situations, heart disease, um, and if they get infected with RSV, they are at much greater risk for complications and death um, due to RSV infection. Okay, so, you know, it's like, well, this all sounds, you know, well and good, you know, why, why don't we use this, you know, for all patients under the age of two? Well, there is a substantial cost component associated with this this medication. I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but, you know, this medication in suppressing that RSV infection, uh, it does so by uh, essentially, you know, binding up and neutralizing or, or blocking the action of RSV and, and preventing it from replicating and, and growing. And we use this uh, palavizumab or this drug preventatively uh, to lower that risk of significant infection. Okay, so probably one of the most you know important things that that comes up is well, who who do we give this medication to? I mean, who who gets it? And um, I'm not going to go into incredible detail because these guidelines have changed over the years, and I anticipate they'll change going forward. Um, but think about uh, babies that are born um, less than 32 weeks gestation. I mean, that, that's when you're really going to start to think about um, using this medication to prevent um, RSV, um, and especially babies that were born less than 29 weeks um, gestational age there. So um, again, under the age of two and looking at that premature baby status and where they're at. And then of course, if they have significant uh, risk factors as well, such as, you know, pre-existing lung disease, um, did they have difficulty breathing when they were first born and things of that nature too. So there's definitely some, some clinical judgment in who um, gets uh, palavizumab and, and who doesn't or who should or shouldn't. Um, but those are kind of the, some of the things to think about clinically. And then, of course, you know, if you want the specific uh, nitty-gritty details, I, I'd encourage you to go look at the um, American Academy of Pediatrics, so the AAP uh, guidelines there. Uh, so this medication, what about things like adverse effects? Well, this is a uh, monoclonal antibody, so and it is an injection. So the, the most common things that are going to come up are skin-type reactions, um, a low chance for anaphylaxis and that type of reaction, um, and then fever potentially is uh, reported as well there. So um, really not incredibly large amounts of, of adverse drug reactions, but um, think along the lines of allergic-type reaction uh, and fever as far as the uh, most common things that come up with a very low potential uh, for anaphylaxis. There have been case reports of, of that happening. Uh, in addition to that, I, I do want to talk about, you know, antibody development. There is a potential low risk of that happening as well as we uh, give this medication um, over time. So our body can actually develop antibodies uh, to the drug that actually bind the drug and neutralize the drug, which obviously, as you can imagine, um, would not be a good thing. So 
um, that can happen. It, it's pretty low uh, percentage-wise, but um, it is important, I think, to, to at least be aware of it. Uh, so dosing, it is dosed based upon weight, which in pediatrics is, you know, the way we dose a lot of medications as well. Uh, it's an IM injection once monthly, and it's given to prevent RSV. And RSV is typically seasonal. So the highest risk is in that fall-winter phase. Uh, typically for us in the uh, northern northern hemisphere here. And it is only recommended to do, at least at this time, it's only recommended to do a max of five doses per season. Okay, So those are important couple of things to, to remember, making sure that we have uh, that appropriate stop date um, on that uh, palavizumab. All right, so I think that's going to wrap up the first section. I'll take a quick break, and then I've got a couple of uh, clinical pearls that I wanted to mention, and we'll talk about drug interactions, of course, as well. If you're in the market for pharmacist board certification study material, such as ambulatory care, pharmacotherapy, geriatrics, or medication therapy management, definitely go check out meded101.com store for entire packages of content from practice questions to, uh, you know, webinars, recorded lectures. We've got all sorts of content uh, to help prepare you to pass your exam. In addition, we've got NAPLEX content as well. We've got links there at meded101.com store, so go check that out if you're preparing for that. Uh, if you're looking for clinical practice pearls and more education on medications in general, uh, go check out our list of Audible books. Uh, you can get your first Audible book absolutely for free. Uh, I've got a book on pharmacotherapy practice pearls. got a book specifically on uh, drug interactions. And you can get, you know, six, eight, ten hours of Audible content absolutely for free if you've never tried an Audible book before. So, again, links to all that at metaed101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. All right, finishing up on drug interactions and a few uh, uh, clinical practice pearls that I, I wanted to mention. So drug interactions, there really aren't any significant, clinically significant drug interactions with palavizumab. So that is absolutely awesome. And if you think about it, it's like, you know, pediatric patients generally aren't on a lot of medications uh, to begin with. So that's definitely a, a nice thing that we really um, don't have to have our uh, radar on too much for uh, drug interactions there. Um, however, I did want to mention a, a couple of things um, clinically about this. Um, one in particular is uh, lab testing. So there is potential uh, if we are looking and assessing for RSV, that that lab test may give a false negative if the patient's taking palavizumab. And right, I think this kind of makes sense that, um, you know, if we're giving a drug that kind of, you know, blocks or blunts RSV and its replication, that it could potentially um, hide that infection a little bit there. So that's definitely one thing um, that, that is important to think about uh, if you see a patient getting palavizumab, it's on their, their medication list, 
and we're testing for RSV, uh, just keep that in mind that that has been reported that there may be uh, erroneous tests there. And then last thing I wanted to mention was, um, you know, why don't we give this drug to everybody? Well, it's very, very expensive. Um, you know, for, you know, a five-dose course throughout RSV season, uh, you might be looking at, you know, 10, 15, 20K. Um, so very, very expensive medication. So r rough cost, again, you know, it depends upon dose and, and uh, the dosage form that, that we're utilizing there. Uh, but rough estimates of cost, you know, you're looking at, you know, two to three to, to four thousand um, per injection. So very, very uh, significant cost associated with this, this medication. Um, so that, that is important to uh, think about and assess. And particularly as we're considering giving this drug, um, working with that patient and insurance coverage or whatever the, the case may be, uh, making sure that this is going to be something that can be afforded and looking at, you know, various programs or, or grants or anything that, um, you know, the patient and their family may need uh, to help afford this in the event that um, insurance coverage isn't there or, you know, something else is preventing them um, from having this drug adequately covered. So, um, very, very important in in many, many drugs that we think about cost of medications, okay? And we need to make sure that our patients are going to be able to afford what we're prescribing. And if they can't afford it, and it's absolutely necessary, um, we've got to do our best to figure out a way uh, to try to get them help in any way we can. So um, definitely an important uh, message there and, and thing to to think about um, when giving this drug and many other um, brand name and, and costly medications uh, that are, are out there. All right, so I think that's going to wrap up the podcast for today. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Hope you Hopefully you picked up a few uh, practice pearls and brushed, brushed up on some education today. Uh, leave us a rating review on iTunes if you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, share it with a colleague, friend, and um, uh, students that you may have worked with, things like that. So uh, thanks again. Uh, take care, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.